Mustard Plug, the freshman, Island 1069, WIISQ West. Good morning, I'm Gwen Filosa. It's too early, that's the name of the show. We're broadcasting right off Duval Street in beautiful downtown Key West, Florida. I'm super excited to have my guest this morning. She's an internationally known hurricane expert. She teaches at the University of South Florida. We're going to talk a lot about severe weather. Jennifer Collins, good morning. Good morning. Thanks How are you? For, I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for doing the show. Now, is it too early for you? You're a teacher, right? You're not. You're always up. You're always awake. <laughs> yeah, I get up at 6 a.m. I'm good. <laughs> okay. You never know. You never know. Um, but I'm so excited to talk to you about your work. Now, um, as a hurricane expert and researcher, um, you've co you've co-written books, you've co-edited books. Um, what what is your uh, would you say what is your um, favorite thing about this subject? What inspires you to to first of all get involved with it and stick with it? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, probably what inspired me originally was when I was a kid. There was a I grew up in the United Kingdom, and there was a great storm that came through in 1987, actually, on my birthday. And many people will consider it a hurricane of 87, but it actually wasn't a hurricane of tropical origin. It came from the polar regions, but it happened to have hurricane-force winds. And um, it kind of ruined my birthday party, and I was just really interested in, in this event. And then I managed to make my way over to Florida, which was like the obvious place to be to study hurricanes um, and Certainly, um, in the last 10 years or so, there's been ample opportunity to do various studies. Uh, I study various aspects of the hurricanes. I'm interested in the physical aspects, like why we might have active or inactive hurricane seasons. And I'm also really interested in the social aspects of hurricanes these days, um, particularly looking at social connections and how that impacts people's decisions to evacuate or not. And we just had this monster storm, Hurricane Ida, which has just left um, a huge part of the United States um, in, in with problems, uh, no electricity in New Orleans, and um, flooding right. everywhere. And yeah. um, it's uh, you when when you study a storm like that, what exactly are you looking for? Are you, lo- are you looking at the pattern or the strength, or trying to figure out where it's coming from? You know, um, when you look at an individual storm, there's so many interesting aspects of the storm. I mean, obviously, to the population, it's devastating. I mean, this area hadn't even recovered. Um, a lot of them impacted from Hurricane Laura um, in, in the year before, in 2020. So, um, obviously, the, you know, there's the destruction aspect of it. Um, you know, but there's so many other interesting aspects of it in terms of, you know, how it hurricane when it makes landfall whether it decays slowly or rapidly um you know was there rapid intensification before a hurricane uh, made landfall that makes things a little bit harder to predict when storms um, drop pressure very quickly and intensify um so there's so many different aspects to look at and then obviously the social aspect of um you know the evacuation um you know how how could people evacuate did they want to evacuate and did they have the resources to be able to evacuate um so yeah definitely lots of aspects to to for researchers to study now you've been a usf faculty member since 2005 that was a 
a horrible year for Florida with, mm-hmm. uh, I believe, Charlie. And you you were here for that, correct? You were. Well, no, actually, um, <laughs> I I was excited to move to Florida in 2005 because um, Charlie, Ivan, Francis, and Jean, they mm-hmm. all occurred in 2004. Oh, sorry. So, yeah, so I, I like saw that activity and that was exciting for me oh like I had ideas to do research um and then when I moved in in 2005 really for the next 10 years as a hurricane researcher it was a little bit boring actually there was um not as many landfalls um that you know that compared to that 2004 season Mm -hmm. and then um and you know when Matthew came in in 2016 and kind of impacted the east coast although it kind of brushed along the coastline um that kind of provided an opportunity people were evacuating from the east coast towards the west coast and that actually provided some opportunity to do a study that i wanted to do for about 10 years since i moved here um and that was to look at you know what how how and why people are evacuating and why people are staying um per so um but yeah in the last few um you know, several seasons, you know, we've had a lot of activity. I mean, last last season in 2020 was ridiculous with mm-hmm. 30 named storms, 14 hurricanes, um, seven major hurricanes. I mean, the climatology, we, we normally look at um, 14 in, in the most recent climatological period. We're looking at an average of um, 14 named storms, seven hurricanes and just three major hurricanes. So uh, last year was crazy. And um, particularly last year, we we look at the um, October, uh, November period um, as particularly active, too, um, with the with the active late season in the Caribbean. So, you know, in 2021 right now, we've got so much activity and we're not even at the peak of the season yet. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I would particularly watch out for that um, October um, period being, you know, potentially being active. Um, So, yeah, the seasons are, you know, set to be another um, active season, um, one to watch out for. For sure, and and thank you for gently correcting me. Oh, you're okay. so kind about it. <laughs> These I, seasons all merge into I, each other, I, right? No, no, no. I feel bad. I was, uh, I guess, thinking of Hurricane Wilma in '05 because um, it just yes. flooded Key West with storm surge. It was everybody lost oh, wow. their car and their uh, like some people lost homes and and th- that's what you know what I'm terrified of. I was in Pensacola for Ivan and the wind damage was was. Um, just devastating but the it's the water that really scares me the flooding i don't know why that scares absolutely. me absolutely well it should do i mean you're right to be scared of that you know mm-hmm. and you know that's been a major concern of mine and um some study I've, I've been doing too is how people respond to the warnings that go out so um there's a lot of warnings that go out there's the you know we we say what category it's expected to be but the national hurricane center also provide other products that, um, including um, storm surge products, um, but people do focus on that category, and that's a concern because the Surface Simpson Hurricane wind scale is simply that it's a wind scale, and so it's not taken into account all those other factors such as the potential for flooding. Um, so you know, people will, um, for instance, when we had Hurricane Florence. Um, a few years ago, it, it was a major hurricane coming towards them in the Carolinas, and then um, it started weakening, and 
um, people had already evacuated, but when they heard it started weakening, they started coming back. And those who hadn't evacuated decided, many of them decided not to. Um, and then, um, yeah, it made um, landfall, I think, as a cat one, but it caused um, a huge amount of flooding. And um, so people just pay over attention, I think, to the to the category number mm-hmm. um, and sometimes make their decisions off that and are not considering all those factors like you mentioned, like the flooding. And so that really is a huge concern. And um, and I was in New Orleans for Hurricane Katrina. I worked at a newspaper there. And that storm, obviously, the, the levee failures in, in mm-hmm. New Orleans caused you know, catastrophic yeah. damage. But but it was a it was still a monster storm. Mm-hmm. I, I my memory I could I'm going to say something wrong again. Um, didn't <laughs> it kind of get stronger? Like they, it wasn't uh, like it veered. Like we we, we can predict yeah, I mean, things, but we can't ca- always say how where they're going to hit. Right. Well, you know, I I think what's become better in more in more recent years is the track forecast. Mm-hmm. I I think generally those have got um, quite a lot better in recent years. Um, but it's the intensity um, that I feel is still kind of lacking a little bit more than the the track force forecast. But even though it's lacking, I, I still think um, forecasters have been doing a, a a great job at. Um, with that but the problem is these storms like I said they could just rapidly intensify and when they just rapidly intensify I mean Wilma you mentioned Wilma earlier I mean Wilma drops almost 100 millibars of pressure in just 24 hours um, so that's a huge amount of pressure drop and a huge amount of intensification so it's those that which I still think is is a little bit hard to to actually predict you know but I mean if you see a hurricane coming um, towards you I mean I just think you should always <laughs> prepare yeah, it's, for the it's worst a bad right sign. it's it's a bad yeah. sign and, and I, I'm yeah. amazed at how a forecaster, National Weather Service, National Hurricane Center. I'm leaving somebody out. They can really predict that path in the cone. Yeah, and, and yeah. They they do a great job. They really do. So uh, a lot of kudos um, to them. I mean, I really think with their expertise, they they do save a lot of lives with the the warnings they put out. Um, but yeah, so we've had several um, active hurricane seasons. Like I said. I'd always prepare for the worst if you have something mm-hmm. coming towards you. But, you know, even in those less active hurricane seasons, we've we've even seen um, it only takes one, you know. So sometimes I don't like to just say, oh, yeah, it's an active or an inactive hurricane season. Because if you say inactive, I don't want people to drop their guard because yes. it still only takes that one that can devastate. So um, I think it's really important to be prepared. And it's not even just preparing when that storm's coming before you, I think people need to have multiple times um, during the season when they think about their preparations, like just ahead of the hurricane season, making sure they have some basic um, supplies. And then because, you know, things are pretty hard to get hold of when you actually have a hurricane bearing towards you, the store shelves are empty. So it's good to have a lot of those supplies just, just ready and considering you know, what else you have, medications, pets, and, you know, preparing for the whole 
family is so really important. Important. Now, I've been in Key West for a little while, about 10 years, and, you know, I, I still have a healthy fear of hurricanes and severe weather. But I, we always hear these, you know, there are, there's this, I think, hopefully a small contingent of people that are like, oh, nothing's going to happen. And, but, mm-hmm. you know, we don't know that, right? I mean, there could be a yeah. tornado or some weird, you know. Yeah, you get lots of, um, of additional effects from the hurricanes um several hurricanes spawn tornadoes when they make landfall and then you have those other hazards that we mentioned intense rainfall um flooding um and like you said some people have a healthy fear but um, unfortunately some people you know they've they've lived through multiple scenarios like when irma came through in 2017 um you know she potentially like i'm in the tampa bay area she could potentially have caused um much devastation to this area um if she had come at a higher intensity with with um more flooding here and so a lot of people didn't evacuate and and they survived it they may have had a power cut or not um but the problem is when they do survive some of those storms um there is going to be a big one again to tampa bay at at some point Mm -hmm. um and you know when people don't evacuate because they feel like they've been okay for the most recent ones, um, that's going to put them at risk eventually. So um, you definitely need to heed the warnings. Um, when you're told to get out, you really do need to get out. Um, and if you're not told to get out, at the same token, um, you know, it's best to keep those roads and that clear for the ones um, who can get out. And something interesting with our Hurricane Irma study, actually, is when we interviewed some of those people who didn't evacuate, they actually told me that they wanted to evacuate, um, but they were concerned because they'd seen on the media that the roads were really congested. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, there were certainly many times of days of the day when the road was congested. Um, but um, I actually left about three o'clock in the morning one morning and the road was empty. It was a clear shot mm. out of Florida. There was no congestion whatsoever. Um, so I would just, you know, say keep an eye on Google Maps. Um, don't always try and evacuate when everyone else um, is evacuating. Um, but there there can be opportunity um, to evacuate and do it before it's too late. So Correct. And, and as, as- as we both know that so many people can't afford to really evacuate or, or, or have a place to go. And um... exactly. That's um, definitely um, a concern. Um, but, you know, there are shelters mm-hmm. open. There's special needs shelter shelters. Um, and I believe you need to register ahead of time if you need um, special needs. So definitely people should um, look into that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there is, um, some transportation provided up to a certain point um, because when um, officials deem it unsafe um, for their employees, then, you know, it's going to be difficult. So, again, make sure you plan ahead um, so that you can get to those shelters. Well, I, we're out of time, but I, oh, we've got to get you back on the show. We're going to keep bugging you because you just amazing <laughs> information. And, um, well, thank and, you. And, uh, you know, thanks for all the work you do. I think it's super important to, to let people know what's going on. And Jennifer Collins, thanks for coming on, and I wish you continued success. And uh, we'll talk Thank we'll, you. We'll talk later. Uh, have care. a nice day, and you everyone too. stay safe. Thank all you. Right. Bye. Bye-bye. And thank you for tuning in this morning to It's Too Early. I'm here weekdays at 8.15 with all kinds of different guests. And we're going to play a song, and then I'm going to come back with your news and headlines. This is Marshmallow with you, Island 106.9. Stick around.
When I hear my voice But don't feel like myself Wish I could hold you It's only you In the moments When I walk these city streets With someone else I wish I told you It's only you Oh you Only you When the night is over Out of all the places I could choose I go to you Feel you just below the surface